Okay. How are we doing? We're good. Are we rolling? Yeah. So are we going to address the fact that at the end of the last podcast, we're like, Jarrett, it's your turn to bring a guest. And then here. Yeah. So clearly uh, <laughs> I dropped the ball there. It, it is not my turn to, to bring a guest. Uh, In fact, I didn't bring anything to this podcast except myself, I guess. Well, you're important to us, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> you bring the beers next time, obviously. Uh, yeah, there we go. So Kenji Jumani Marshall. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. a comic book artist that is now residing in our fair city of Kalamazoo. But you were originally from Detroit, that's that correct? For the most part. Grew up in Detroit. Born in Cincinnati, but grew up in Detroit. My whole youth was in Detroit. Yeah. Uh, so what brings you to Kalamazoo? I went to Western for a while and then went away for work um, at the dawn of the internet age. And we made lots of interactive stuff and then came back here. because. Uh, I liked it here. So and this is like a super abbreviated version yeah. of that story. Yeah, but that's I told one of my you, favorite I told you, stories. You that was such a cool You're going to have to like drag it out of like, me. Yeah. skipped Every over bit of all of the fun stuff. <laughs> all of it. Because I first heard this story when we were, we were on our way back from a conference. And, uh, and I think you were just like passing the time and you spilled out all of your history of building websites for people when they oh, didn't geez. even know they needed them. Oh, and it's the best. So yeah. like, how did you connect with that group? So that group, um, the name of the group was Sigma Six, and these are all guys that I went to high school with. Um, so they founded a company uh, to develop websites, you know, as websites were becoming a thing, and CD-ROMs and that sort of thing. So I just happened to be the guy that could draw really well. So when it came to animated GIFs and cartoons and that sort of thing, that, that's where they kind of pulled me in. Did you do Piano Cat? Was that no, <laughs> I did uh, Ringlet. Ringlet the Raccoon for Georgia Pacific. It was, um, it was about toilet paper. It was about <laughs> recycling. And something about raccoons that they clean their food or something like that. And that was like the tie-in for like paper towels and sort of stuff. I really thought, stupid. I thought when you said that, I, for a second, I'm like, is this a reference that I'm really supposed to know? No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I think I've, I've made a, a, a pretty good career of, of doing a lot of stuff that nobody ever sees, which is fine with me like I did it and the checks cash so (laughs) (laughs) I know that feeling though it feels like you're always in that balance of like do I create content that'll get me more jobs so it's just cool stuff that I don't get paid for or do I sit at home in my dungeon and I I do the work that is actually making sure I can pay for my dungeon I feel like there's something that Jared I don't even know if you know exists that Kenji created that Esther's a part of Oh no! Oh, I no. didn't know if we were going to talk about this. Or not. Yeah, yeah. Fill me in. Okay. There was so, no pre-meeting. So I, I don't know. <laughs> so basically, Kenji's a comic book artist. Um, that's that's how I was introduced to him. Uh, yeah, he hired me as a photographer because mm-hmm. often he would draw from from life. Um, so you'd get uh, different models that come in with different facial expressions as a ton more character to the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so he hired me as a photographer to come shoot with uh, a local model, and then I guess he ended up liking the way I directed her or Mm. the stupid faces I made or (laughs) all all the things. And so um, I actually ended up becoming a character in his comic book. And and so we worked together like that, which is still, I think if I were to put something on my resume, that's by far the coolest Mm -hmm. on paper. Um, And then that grew into a television show and a radio show. And uh, she's an active character. This is not like a What is the name of this character? So... What is the name of this well, character? Yeah, what is the name? It's Dr. Esther Tuttle. So I didn't come up with that for the record. No relation. <laughs> it's just a, a crazy coincidence yep. that he happened yep. to pick the person yep. named Esther. No, it was the fact that I think my name is really old school sounding, and it was based mm. in the 1940s, like yep. like World War II period. So he's like, I don't think I'm going to come up with anything older and weirder sounding than this. So we're <laughs> just going to run with it. Yeah. 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 So I feel like you did. you still haven't even like, because Jared, do you know? I'm gonna what? Google this right I was now. Gonna say, I feel like. Cause, did you say that it was a horror show? Yes. Can yes. you? I'll, I'm gonna let you describe let me, it because okay. I feel like it should come from the creator. Because there's a really, sure. really what what I guess I s- totally skimmed over 
all of the introduction, but Kenji is not only a comic book artist, but he's a creator. He illustrates, he draws caricatures, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. produces work as well. Stuff. Um, literally just all over the board as far as what I would consider his skill sets. Mm-hmm. And so I was just involved very heavily in a very small piece of what he does. I dabble. I dabble <laughs> in a, lot, a of lot of things. So Frankie is the name of the show, if you're Googling. Uh, it's a horror yeah. show. It was kind of engineered by my fondness for old horror movies and old public domain movies and like cable access TV. Um, like when I was a kid, one of the things that I used to watch were shows like Elvira, uh, Count Scary, like really schlocky, really campy hosts uh, with really about. bad movies. Uh, <laughs> and so there was a there was a virtue of like creating bad TV uh, and not necessarily, you know, shooting for the stars, but really <laughs> going, going for the lowest common denominator possible so that you're not, you know, disappointed. So that's what Frankie was. And I wanted to do something that was more contemporary. And um, well, the secret was that, that I wanted to do something that was very femme positive uh, yeah. underneath the surface. Yeah. Um, but the surface was very sexy and campy and that sort of thing. But once you get into it, there's a lot of like subversive, progressive undertones about who these female characters are. And the whole cast is female. The whole cast is women. And the whole idea of the story, um, the heart of it is kind of women in horror t- getting revenge on horror movies, like getting revenge (laughs) on the entire genre and what they've been put through all these years, what I've been subjected to watching all of these years. And as a a grown man, like seeing that stuff and saying, we need to strike back at that and do this a little bit differently. So, Which I love. Yeah. That's pretty meta. Pretty meta. Pretty meta. I like it. Do you guys went, it wasn't uh, not on tour, but you guys have like gone and had like shows. Yeah. Physical like, I don't because I remember there's a couple of times where she like went on the office, like, Yeah, we got to go on the road. I have to dress up in character. And, yep, yep. Like, on oh, the road. I need photos. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yep. they exist. There's photos, there's videos, there's, yeah, it was the whole whole thing. I, rem- um, I remember actually, uh, there was at one point the local magazine Encore did a whole feature yep. on, on the Frankie show mm-hmm. to the point that now that I, I coordinate some of the ad buys um, for other companies in the area, I had someone from Encore that we were having a very dignified <laughs> conversation. It was it was going well. We were securing like which spots we wanted. And she's like, you know what? You know I'm pretty what? sure I've seen you before. <laughs> like that's that's all right. That's yep. Yep, yep, yep that's me. <laughs> that that's is me. it's my name too. Yes. <laughs> that is my real name. Can't can't hide from it. Can't run from it. Uh, Jared, if you couldn't find it, it's a great character that she plays. Thank you. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Oh, you found it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I found it. Plenty to see. Esther is a a, a ham, like a complete ham. <laughs> and there was just something uh like I knew she was going to just take it and run with it. So she no, stole the show. You're uh, you're too kind. It's honestly just such a pleasure. Because to your point, like I got to meet a whole lot of other very confident, very talented females through the process. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like the women in your show, I think very much like you do give creative freedom to all of them, and everyone kind of makes their own characters. Even uh, even when they're based on on someone else who is historical, like they still put their own spin on it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a fun one, but. Uh, this isn't about me, Kenji. Well, so. <laughs> and we're not done either. Like, I'm still doing it because, you know, 2020 happened. And did it, a, though? It totally did. I mean. And it was a bummer. It was just such a bummer. And wait, just, wait, wait. What, what happened in 2020? Like, a, a whole pandemic thing happened. And, like, everybody got really, really serious. And it just got really hard for me to make Esther get on camera and joke about dead people. So I could see how that would be a problem. I pulled back and I was like, eh, let's not do this for a little bit and let's just chill out and see what happens. But I, I think we can go back. So you, uh, just to bring it back a little bit to your history, you started out with comic books. Um, I am told because you were inspired by old Kung Fu movies. Yeah. Kung Fu movies, old comic books, cartoons, that sort of thing. Yep. I used to bootleg. That might be the thing you saw. I used to bootleg Kung Fu movies. And... It was really just because my father owned a video store. He owned like six video stores. So I was real like I was I grew up in the whole like video era. And I was like 
taping kung fu movies and I was just giving them away. I wasn't selling them to anybody. I just thought people wanted kung fu movies. So <laughs> that's where I just kind of learned my my sense of action and choreography and that sort of thing. So you you started out in that realm. Is that what you got a degree in or is that something completely different? I did I didn't get a degree. I went to Western for art. And then I left. I left school. Team to, dropout. Yep. Yes. Totally dropped out <laughs> to <laughs> join up with these guys in this new internet web thing. And we made it big. Like it was, I don't, you know, the, 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 the first wave of internet stuff. And this is the stuff I probably talked to you about before. Like nobody knew what the internet was. Nobody knew what websites were. And so we could charge a whole lot of money. And people would pay it. And we were in Detroit, so we're doing a lot of stuff for like GMC and Georgia Pacific and just a whole bunch of big name companies that just had lots of lots of money to throw around. Uh, So we made a lot of money and then the whole thing crashed, like not just us, but like across the board. And then Squarespace came out. Yep. And then we were good to go. (laughs) So how did you go from I'm dropping out of college to like GMC? Was there like a like a intermediate you know like you were you just went straight you knocked on their door and said we can build you your website these guys my friends sigma six high school guys they'd already kind of built those relationships and we were literally like the only game in town for websites the only game in detroit the only game in detroit that's crazy yeah i mean literally and you know just like when the internet is like i don't know two years old and we're still doing you know that whole matrix thing with the green screens and (laughs) <laughs> the, like the letters and, and that's it but um yeah I jumped in with them and next thing I know I'm doing websites and and you know interactive uh car portfolios for for UConn and like the whole lineup like the whole GMC line just right off the right off the bat so you're like 20 at this point and you're just- I was what was that that was like 99 see so yeah, I was like 22 oh jeez yeah Whoa. yeah yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So, okay, this is where I'm also curious too. How much of that was you going, we'll figure it out, versus <laughs> you knew exactly every piece of it? No, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we, we did it because we, and you know, this was like, it was like a frat house. Like, we were just friends. And, you know, the, 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 the company grew after that because obviously we were getting money in, but we just had a loft in downtown Detroit. We only had. We only had one computer. <laughs> and this was on dial-up, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we had one computer. We had one computer, and then we had a TV that had a PlayStation on it. So, Wait, you know. You were all set then. Yeah. That's you know, all the, you need for a company. The four of us would play video games while uh, Janny, who was my, my friend, he would do, like, the design, and then I would come in, and I would need to draw stuff. And so, we would, yeah, we would tag team on this computer and just get the work done. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The good old days. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's so much simpler. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, when there's nothing to compare it to, you know, when there's no competition, because competition, like, doesn't exist yet. Yeah, right. And, and you know, it, it lasted for a good while, and then it all collapsed <laughs> you gotta, you gotta for everybody. First or you got to be different, right? right? Those are the two rules. Mm-hmm. You were first. <laughs> uh, we were first. We were first. About how long were you guys building websites before it all? I worked there for about seven years before I got laid off. So like around year six is where it kind of. From the company that you helped start? Oh, yeah. You got laid off? Well, it got bought out like two or three times. That was another thing that was going on. So like right before um, the the bubble burst, like a lot of bigger companies were buying these smaller boutique web companies um, and basically just kind of flipping them for. Uh, stock stuff. So there was a lot of money that was just kind of going into it and, and stretching it out and making it other things. And so the company that I had joined uh, early on, Sigma 6, had become AppNet. And AppNet was, I believe, a company that was based out of the UK. This was like a whole other thing. Way worse At name. that point. Yeah, and, and at that point, I... I I'd, you know, no offense to any of those guys, but I didn't want to be involved anymore anyway. Like, I, I had enjoyed working with my friends and that's always going to be the way that I'm going to be. Like, I, I don't, I don't do the agency thing too much. I just like hanging out with, with like-minded creative people and having fun, you know, doing a little work here and there, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
I this is so this is where I had no idea about like any of this. Like she was telling me before, she's like, "You have no idea what Kenji's done." I don't tell people this stuff. <laughs> I, I keep it to myself because I think the first time I officially, I don't think I actually met you, but I shot a wedding at Henderson Castle that you were doing caricatures at. Oh my god! That, we literally that wedding. we I had mean, no idea that that happened until Nick was showing me this old I, video. It was his first wedding I, like, ever. Found it, and I'm there, and like I just have a clip of you in it. And I'm limping. Am I limping? It, you did not look happy. Oh, man. I was in <laughs> such pain that day. My leg was... I had just found out. I had just been diagnosed with gout. Ah. Luckily, I haven't had a, a flare-up in like probably two years now because I changed my diet. But this is something I inherited from my father. Thanks, Dad. Because that was like the first time I found out that something was going on with my leg. I, had, I hadn't tripped or anything, but my leg was on fire just all day. And that was all uphill to get to oh, that venue. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god and I had to walk up there and smile at people drawing their caricatures and stuff so that was a fun day I'm glad you captured it well, that's what I mean I feel like there are a lot of people that haven't realized that they've had contact with you in one way or another because everyone who went to the mix event a couple years ago um, in December oh yeah that's right because you were doing caricatures at that I was too doing yeah like you're just kind of all over the place I'm, but I'm, right, I'm like probably, right under the radar I'm probably one of the most familiar faces in Kalamazoo just because I've literally sat face to face with I don't know, probably 65, 75% of the people here. <laughs> like over seven yeah. years? No, I've been doing caricatures about 15 years here in town. So I am fascinated by people who can illustrate that way. What in this, what, what do you look for? Like, what are your first two characteristics that you're know. like, I'm going to do this and this on somebody? Generally, it's the shape of the head. Like, really? generally, it's the shape of the head because that's really going to define what the image is going to look like. Um, the best thing, like if, if you're lucky, the person in front of you has great hair. And that can be, <laughs> that can be you know, a, a full, you know, Like hair. Nick's hair. Nick's got great hair. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Nick's oh, got is, great this hair. This is now Nick's favorite episode. Esther's, yeah. Esther's got great hair. There's a swoop going on <laughs> on the side there. Today. That's going to be awesome. That's great. You've got great hair, too, because you've got great facial hair. Good oh, job, Jerry. Thank you. So it's not just the hair on the head. It's, it's any kind of configuration that, uh, that I can make a resemblance from. That is so interesting. I've, I'm fascinated Do, about people who could pick out those like features. And it's, it's a trick. Like, it's a trick. Like, in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, like, if I draw your hat, your beard, and your glasses... That's you. Mm, you know, the, the, the likeness is a, is a very small thing uh, beyond that. But once you get those symbols down, especially if you're just doing a five-minute drawing yeah. in ink, so, they so go. Cool. Like, how much, how much creative license is there for it? Because I remember I had a caricature done in Poland at one point, and the dude <laughs> drew me. I was, I was, like, sitting there, and it was beautiful, and I'm thinking, like, this is going to be a cute memory I get to have. And he drew me as a rose with, like, gigantic boobs. Okay. And I don't know if anyone's seen me in real life, but Roses that's not an boobs. accurate representation. <laughs> and, uh, and so at, at what point are you like, I'm going to ignore everything that this person looks like. And I'm just going to do my thing. Did you pay this for it? For like, me. were you paying cash? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't like his weird rose fantasy thing. It was like, <laughs> here's my $15. And then and then that's what I, and I'm like, I mean, What the you face didn't is see is, like, close. every other woman after you was the same. Right, <laughs> same rose. <laughs> yep. One thing. <laughs> That's the trick. That's the trick. Um, for me, I was usually working for clients, either it's, you know, through a school or, you know, a birthday party or something like that. So I, you know, I can never really get away with drawing the big boobies. I, <laughs> that that would have gotten me in trouble. So I, 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 no, no, there was thing. one party and they were Ooh. very into that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> oh, good old Midland. I was a. I did a swingers party in Midland, Michigan. What? Yeah, Midland, yeah. That, that explains. And and well, apparently, this is a very popular thing in Midland. So we go there. <laughs> I'm doing the party, and um, I I stayed overnight. I didn't. You know, oh my gosh! Come on. I put my keys in the bowl. <laughs> the, the party went very late. <laughs> so so I kept drawing and I kept getting tips. But anyway, the next morning I go to the IHOP, the International House of Pancakes, if you know. We're, we're not sponsored by them, but okay. we're interested. Yeah. I went to a diner and got some breakfast. And I mentioned to them, you know, that I had just done this party last night across the street. And the lady looked at me and she said, oh, I know what kind of party that was. Oh, my God. And I looked around. I looked around the whole <laughs> diner, and I just imagined, oh, man, I bet you some of these people, if not most of these people, you know, 
were the party attendees. Now, I've only been to Midland one time. <laughs> Thought you and I could be way <laughs> off base here, but um, was I can't see that group swinging. Oh, I saw or him. nor would I want to. I saw him. I saw him. Well, I bet you did. It's it's exactly who you're thinking of. Yeah, too. it's exactly who you're thinking of. And it was it was a night. There were there were quite a few characters. Quite a few characters. Oh my gosh. So clearly, illustration is like the big thing mm-hmm. with you, Kenji. So like, at what point in your life did that really come in to focus? Was it you as a young kid? Like you always liked to draw. You always liked comic books. You were recreating. Is that really? Yep. I started drawing in kindergarten. I started drawing the, um, there's a poster for the Jaws movie. And I would draw that over and over again because it was a very simple composition. Mm -hmm. You know, just the big head, the teeth, and then the water. And then you can put in the water whatever you want. You can put a boat, you can put a little person swimming, screaming, whatever. So I was doing that a lot. And I would just do that over and over again to the extent that my teachers contacted my parents and they thought I had emotional problems because you're drawing jaws because i'm drawing jaws eating yeah. people constantly i can see so, that yep, yep. i did that with a green day dookie album once oh and people were like what's right, going on right. there you also got your parents called on you yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> teachers were always the bane of my artistic existence as a young child like they were always calling my parents and complaining isn't, about the things that I would draw. Isn't that ironic that the people supposed to be helping yeah. you are like causing the yeah. problem? Yeah, it was really, it was really, uh, it was really harmful. I think. Uh, I mean, well, maybe not, because it just taught me to not give a shit and like do whatever <laughs> I wanted. So I guess I learned that lesson. But no, I uh, I love the fact that that they're like clearly there's something wrong here. This is terrifying, and All now you time. do, and now you do horror. So yep. that's yep. <laughs> yep. I drew the entire um. I don't remember what year it was, but I, I drew the entire swimsuit issue, like the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And of course, I'm, I'm in a Catholic school, so I can see why they were a little offended. This is also new information. Yeah. But it was, a, it was really good. I did a really good job at it. I really worked at it. But I got my parents called again, got suspended. And did you get more in trouble for the swimsuit issue or for, for the, de- the severed limbs and the decapitated people? I got in. I got in more trouble for the swimsuit issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The swim, like the, the the Jaws thing was just a matter of concern. The swimsuit issue was was where they really, you know, this is inappropriate and and you know, hey, come on now. But I got really really popular. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody really really loved my work from that point on. You're like actually the guy that when people are like, just draw me something for my birthday, like they actually meant it. Yeah. And it was uh, yeah. yeah. So you so you go from illustrating. You go to college, you join what is about to be a very successful company in Detroit. And then what happened after that? Like as, as all that kind so, of came down. I went to college. I joined Sigma Six. I got really, really spoiled um, with using, you know, top-notch computer equipment. Uh, we had a T1 line that was running through. So our internet was like super fast. And then when the bubble burst and I got laid off, I didn't have access to anything. So the next best thing was for me to go back to college. So I'm probably 25, 26. I don't know. I'm not good with ages. But anyway, (laughs) I go back to the College for Creative Studies um, as an older guy. You know, and I'm in freshman classes because they didn't quite track the stuff that I had already done at Western. So I went to CCS, um, which is an art school in Detroit, mostly just to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't need a degree. I'd already realized that the degree wasn't what got me the job. The degree wasn't what was making my career. I just needed to learn stuff to kind of stay on pace with everybody else. So I'm there, and I'm using the computer lab, and eventually I started teaching there. Um, and I guess that's that story. That was CCS. Uh, worked in, I managed an art store for a little bit. And then from there, I came here. So yeah, you moved to Kalamazoo. What uh-huh. actually brought you here? Um, I think if there was a thing, there was a point where I did an art hop at Park Trade Center. Caricatures again. Um, and that, this is, I'm probably like three or four years into, into doing caricatures. And I came to Kalamazoo and did the art hop at my friend Karina's uh, yoga studio in the park trades, and I made a ton of money, like just a lot of money, uh, more so, like I had never, 
I had never done like most of the stuff I was doing up until then was like hired for an event. This was like straight sale, you know, per mm-hmm. caricature. Mm-hmm. So just made a lot of money and and we were considering buying a house at the time. And unfortunately, Detroit was just not the place to buy a house. Um, just for the sake of my family's peace of mind. Uh, so seeing that, I was like, yeah, we can move here. Because at the time, I'd, you know, I could do caricatures anywhere. I can draw anywhere. I, I didn't really need to be in any particular place. So Kalamazoo was a cool place. And, and we'd had a lot of fond memories of here, you know, through school and, you know, coming back and forth here and there. So, so your, your wife, Keto, also went to school in Kalamazoo? Yep, uh, we met at Western. Yep. Cool, yeah. We didn't, we didn't date at that point. We actually we met at Western. And then we, when I went to Detroit, she actually interviewed at Sigma Six, and that's how I met her again. Ooh. And then we started dating. Did you there. arrange that? No, no. I arranged things after that. She didn't get the job, so. Oh, <laughs> so there was no conflict of interest. There was no quid pro quo there. Is she gonna get the job? No, I don't think so. Bet. This <laughs> is great. Uh, I just real quick, it isn't like super relevant to your work history, but it's still one of my favorite parts of the story. Can you describe your wedding just a little bit? Because it's the coolest Detroit wedding the I've Detroit ever heard. Detroit wedding, dude. Okay. And and it's this is all like happening within, I don't know, like a fifty yard radius, because our studio is in Harmony Park, Detroit. Harmony Park is like, it's like a triangle. There's art galleries, Harmony Park Hotel, this sort of thing. So I worked there, and then there's in this triangle, there's like a little park with a waterfall. And so we decided to just get married there. And Kito was working at the gym theater, which was like a block away at that time. So we did a reception there, um, had all of our Detroit electronic music friends as DJs and, and, and party guests. And it was one of the livest events of the city that year. Um, because we know we know a lot of people there, and we know we know the best people there. And so the thing about Detroit, especially in the electronic music scene, so there's people in Detroit that are world famous, draw stadium sized crowds overseas, but in Detroit they're just people that I know, and we hang out, and we've known them for years. So when it came time to put on a wedding party. Um, we had the best DJs possible. So, um, did you or did you not charge admission for the wedding or for for the yeah the, for the wedding party for the party that was we associated charged with admission the for um the what was it was it like a like a reception party kind of thing? So you yeah. just you just hosted an EDM concert for, <laughs> for your we wedding, and, and we had um. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I'm allowed to say this at this point. We had a very, very significant guest DJ uh, run the show. And I think on the door, we made $1,500. Like, we, <laughs> we made $1,500 just on the door. And that's just, that's just people walking in the door. Like, that wasn't necessarily anybody that knew who was playing. I mean, our friends knew who was playing, but we didn't charge our friends. They just came in. And the fifteen is at, at like after I paid the bar, after I paid the bouncers. That's so crazy. So you profited fifteen hundred. Oh yeah. If you oh, if yeah. you ever want to throw a for profit wedding, oh, yeah. this is how it's Just done. Throw <laughs> our our wedding, like yeah, we we made a lot of money between the wedding and the reception and well the bachelor party. Yeah, like we paid <laughs> we paid for the whole wedding with the money that we raised, like doing all of that. I feel like that's a wedding thrown by both an artist and a serial business person yep. who just knows like we're yep. getting married like no 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 it's not gonna cost us 10 grand we're gonna right. make 10 grand yeah. from getting married yeah. well that was definitely where keto you know pulled a lot of strings because she was working at the gym theater where we had the reception so i think they gave us a disc they might have even given it to us for free to be honest with you the dj again i'm going through the things that i'm not supposed to say. I didn't say his name. So I what think if you I'm said safe. it and we take it out? I can't. I'm not going to say it because this, this is the type of name you don't say. Oh, but no. Totally did it for free. Totally did it for free just because we loved him and he loved us. And there was other DJs that we had. Uh, Corey, I can say her name because she wasn't secret. Mike Clark played. Um, DJ Minx played the reception. 
Jeremy Ellis played piano oh. for our for our dinner. Uh, John Arnold, who's a, a guitarist in Detroit, he refused to play our wedding because he said he just wanted to be a guest and hang out and be friends. So that was cute. But uh, yeah, it was, was it, was, it, was, it was a big it was a big party. It was a good time. Good time. Uh. So, yeah, no, I bring it up because it's just seriously one. Obviously, I'm also in the wedding industry doing uh, photography for that. And it is the most unique situation I've heard. But also, to Nick's point, kind of speaks of your mindset as a business person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's really it's interesting to go from essentially a startup and then freelance. And then you've also done kind of some strong contract work with some big names yeah. since all that happened. And I think a lot of that grew out of those relationships that I had with Sigma six. Um, just a lot of word of mouth, just a lot of, you know, these people end up working other places all across the country and all across the world. And, you know, some job comes up, something comes up and they're like, I know just the guy to draw that. And then they call me and then I said, sure, I'll do it. You know? And yeah, there's nothing better like when you're on a project in, in the back of your pocket, you've got like a really strong person to fill that one mm-hmm. spot mm-hmm. that you're like, it's going to be no hassles. The work's going to be top notch. Right. I, like, I don't have to worry about it. You know, that's amazing. And he's going to blow your socks off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to make me look better. Yep. Does it, were those people. Uh, for you, Jarrett, when you were in the agency, or is that somebody that like you you still when you're working mm. with a client on more of a branding thing, like you still try to bring in outside help? Yeah, yeah, I think more on a branding thing. I I know there, I, like I've go to people, go to people if I really need the the right eye or to to knock out a project quick or to really just do something different. Like I go to you and Nick a lot for uh-huh. things. I go to Mike Clock a ton and then I have other people that I'm like dude I I need a typeface can you can you help me with that and like, here here it is like that's yeah. I guess to to vet that to vet those people mm-hmm. I mean 9 out of 10 of them are always going to fall short on something whether it's personality final project uh shipping timeline drama mm-hmm. so like <laughs> once you find somebody right. that, that is like golden you hang on to them yep. yep so yeah for sure it's fun to have friends in creative places <laughs> of course that's why i would think that for like customer acquisition for for marketing or for video or for photography has got to be like so priceless because just to, once you get that customer they're there for if, that, if you're good if you're good that was the chin nod of get me one too but that's okay Oh, you're kind. <laughs> White claw. Well, he didn't wash his hands, so that's. It, I mean, right. maybe, maybe <laughs> I use some Lysol before I drink this. Um, Were you setting up my client list? Is that what that was? Kind of. Okay. I want to talk about whatever you want to talk about because it's a cool list. You guys Specifically, I'm curious about Absolute Vodka. That's what did you what do I was for them? About. I know. Yeah. Most yeah. not just because this is a drinking podcast, uh-huh, uh-huh. but also no, but because it's a. You know, some of the best advertising ever. It's like, so good. Ever. I actually haven't seen any of their advertising. You have, but you probably don't know it. Not that right. I can the, the lime or the the wedge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Into the face. Like iconic stuff. Yeah, yeah. The wedge. Of or the rind wedge. or whatever. The rind of the yeah. lemon. Oh. Just like the twisted, yeah. I don't oh. know. This You're going to look it up and you'll be like, I get it. Now. Yeah, okay. No, I'm, I'm back on board. This is, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. back. We got him. <laughs> Um, Absolute Vodka. I did caricatures for Absolute Vodka for about two years. This was me. And it was was like a whole setup thing. So it would be me and, I mean, for lack of a better, I guess a shot girl you would call her. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it was a hostess, I guess. Uh, So this person would stand next to me and I would have this pad of paper. It was huge. I would have this pad of paper and she would ask the person... Um, just random people that she would walk up to, she'd ask them a bunch of questions about their, you know, their tastes and what kind of music they like, that sort of thing. So while she's asking them questions, I'm drawing the caricature. And, uh, then at the end I, I, you know, I reveal and oh, oh everybody's surprised. And then they get <laughs> free drink tickets. Um, that was about it. Uh, good job. Just cause I was, you know, in a bar and I just, uh, hanging I was out. Say, you said two years of just caricature like oh, yeah. was it a contracted thing yeah, yeah. It, was it, you weren't like employed by them it was like 
they contracted you for two years to go to a bar and draw caricatures. Yep. Like all on my own, all independent. I mean, I would go there and I would meet, you know, the hostess and she'd have the drink tickets and she actually had the pad of paper too. Well, like in, in up until what, probably like four or five years ago, like event shows and trade shows, these are how these people like how these large organizations marketed yep. really. Definitely. They would do full page, uh, you know, advertising spreads and magazines. And then they would do all these shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that this was, was it. the, um, I think it was called Pick Your Flavor or Pick Your Something. It was when they had released uh, just different flavors of, of, of absolute vodka, uh, citron and peach. And uh, I don't remember the other ones. But that was the whole point. And I would draw this out, and your flavor is citron. And you would get free citron drinks, and you'd yeah. go do it. I, I'm just amazed by the logistics of this. Like, it was just like a random bar. You guys yeah. would just pick a random bar. Well, they, I, I think the bar was picked out for us. Um, but it was still just but like, it was still, you yeah. would just like arrive at a bar, and this is what was happening. Yep. In, in the the <laughs> amount of money that companies would put into these things is insane. Like, yeah. Uh, music trade shows. I mean, you're spending thirty thousand dollars just for a booth, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're doing that twice a year. Oh my god! You know what, what I mean? Like it's insa- It's insane. Yep. And the crazier thing for me was there was no, like there was no like callback or anything for me to you know indicate to them how well this was going or you know whether or not people actually like the drinks. So you didn't the- get to. You didn't get to be like, yeah, we gave out X amount of. There were no tickets. analytics. No, yeah, there was no, no. You were just like, I drew and. No, I, there I was had fun. there wasn't even a conversation after. Oh, the fact. like that that was it. I drew and then I went home. It was the golden age of selling marketing. Yep, for <laughs> real, that sounds like no responsibility, great, all I would, reward. I would love to be in the seat and go, guys, listen, we're gonna send a caricatures to a bar, and everyone goes, let's do it, and then we're done talking about. And it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's I would have loved to work for a marketing agency in like the eighties. You know, you're yeah. just like they're just like we have a billboard. Yeah. No need to ask further See, questions. Don't ask those don't marketing ask. agencies though. Were the fun ones where they're just like all sipping whiskey all day and they're like, send a caricature. It's like yep. great idea. Gotta Let's get, put a blonde girl on a red Corvette hood. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Sold. Just made my month. But <laughs> I actually love that form of marketing though too, because I know if I was in a bar a little bit tipsy, right? Especially, and there's a caricature. I'm like, I want a, in on that. Well, and it's such a memorable form of, of, um, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Experiential marketing, Mm -hmm. where if everyone's doing that, if everyone's going to bars and trade shows and you have to stand apart somehow, it's like, well, be the guy with the caricaturist, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. be be the brand that actually has a takeaway for somebody. And like, maybe you are drunk at the bar. You wake up in the morning and you have this in your pocket. (laughs) Like what is that's that's really memorable. Well, and really that's what now what red bull has done on steroids oh yeah like they took that format and they figured out how to do it they put it in a spaceship yeah <laughs> uh but a lot of other companies will still set up like a booth at like a concert or something like yep. that which yep. is not bad give out little rubber wristbands mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beer yeah, cozies that, yep yeah. that was like that kind of stuff that's what they relied on and then social media to came that away and, yeah yeah <laughs> took all that <laughs> it did though once it became easier to just be like oh yeah put our hashtag on stuff right it's, it's like people stopped trying to make it as experiential as they could but that's just it's that's just my salty. looking you know kind of going down the client list because i've had like multiple questions okay it's like what where does mtv fit into the mix mtv i did three issues of a teen wolf comic for mtv and that's the like the teen wolf tv show that they had going at the time um, another word of mouth thing, just a guy who had liked my work for a long time, ended up being the writer of this, uh, comic book series. And he said, Nope, I got the, the perfect guy for this. Um, he has no problem drawing, uh, werewolf sex. So <laughs> give, give him, give him the job. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the rest was history. So I did the job and, um, greatest client ever. They gave me a script. They gave me a check, and I didn't hear much from them after that. Oh, you have that like the like a best. Dream. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It was it was a good. Here's one. the information. Here's the money. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah, and and so so I did the three issues, and somewhere along the line, and this was right around, um, there were two things because there was like Sandy Hook, like the shooting, mm. and then there was like Hurricane Sandy. 
that like hit the 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 east coast so the first thing was that that shooting happened and there was a, a point in the comic book series where like two of the characters were like 13 or 14 and they found a gun in their father's house and they shot a rabbit so i'd drawn all that then sandy hook happened and mt was like nope can't do that anymore so i had to scrap all that and then the hurricane thing happened or, or something happened where a lot of people lost their jobs mm. in the particular department that I was working with. So I kept doing the work and it just seemed like the guys that came in after them had no idea what this project was, didn't care about it at all. And, you know, they just let me finish it. And then we all moved on. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Was that like the official like comic for the show like it was it was the official comic for the show it was going to be published with uh top cow and image comics uh but with that transition they switched it over to it's on the i want to say season three dvd and i didn't get a copy no. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't get a copy of that at all. Posterity's so, that thing. Yep. yep yeah. Yep. So are, are you are you always drawing on paper? Or are you now drawing on? I'm all digital now. Um, the only thing I was doing on paper for the longest time was caricatures, and that obviously ended in in 2020. Yeah. Um, so, so like Procreate, all that fun stuff. Sketchbook. I've always been loyal to Sketchbook Pro. Okay. Um, just because I I started doing like digital like tablet drawing. Uh, I don't know, about 10 years ago or so, yeah. like when it had first started. And that was the program that I started with. So I just stayed with it. Um, it's hard to switch. Once it's you, hard like, to lock switch. into something. Yeah, and I don't know. There's just something about Procreate that I don't like. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're never getting that Procreate sponsorship now. Oh, there it goes. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick's mom. <laughs> she was trying really hard for that. You are going she for She was it. sending so many handwritten letters. <laughs> Out of all of the types of work you do then, um, the film work, the caricatures, the comic books, is there a specific line of work or specific type that you enjoy the most? I think the comic, I mean, the, the stuff that I draw is the best of what I can do. Like, if I compare that, you know, with all the other stuff I do, nobody can do the stuff that I do the way that I can do it. Like, people can film stuff. And to be honest with you, the stuff that I did with Frankie... Um, Frankie was a, was a, was a, a pet project, but it was also like, it was a test for me to get to learn editing and, and get to learn how to produce stuff and to work in a studio and, to, you know, to get a cast together. Cause the ultimate goal for me is animation, which is probably going to involve rotoscoping, rotoscoping being filming actual people doing stuff and then animating based on that footage. So I needed to learn all of that stuff before I could get to a point where I could animate something. And I mean, I never really intended for it to be, you know, ready for prime time because I'm still just learning it and I'm trying to cut my teeth on it. And, you know, I just needed something to work on in order to know what I'm talking about when I pull an actual director in or an actual cast in and say, I need it to look like this. I needed you to do this way. But I don't need to be the director. I figure I'm more like the producer, uh, the creative force behind it. Mm -hmm. I figure I'm trying to be like Mark Ronson. Like I'm trying to set up other talented people to build this thing that that's in my mind. I mean, that's for sure how you get the best work. If you I would if think you try so. and do everything, it's you're missing. Can't, you can't do everything. Something right? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, to to kind of. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about when you were describing like all of these amazing things that you've done and all these different roles. And um, one of the things that I've really been struggling with personally and is this like in social, right? Like people expect you to be just one thing, whatever you are, you're just one thing. Yeah. But like, it seems like now people, at least the people who are really doing things like yourself are saying, well, you know what? I'm a multi-hyphenate. I'm not one thing. Um, and I think that's gaining a lot of traction. Do you, do you feel like you're a multi-hyphenate or do you, are you just like, I'm a creative. That's my, I, I would go with creative. Um, yeah, because even, even to be a multi-hyphenated thing, you, you should probably still focus on something. Mm -hmm. Um, just cause you know, if you, if you stretch out too far, you're not really giving anything a hundred percent. 
Yeah, we. I I have a friend who um she does this amazing woodworking uh kind of geometric stuff, and everything she does is like beige and cream, and you know that's it. And she started like adding another color into her feed, and people freaked out. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, how sensitive are we? Where this person can't even deviate from right. a color palette, right? Right. Before like they lose thousands of followers. It's I don't insane. like it. Oh, any I saw, I've seen that a lot with like influencers in the film industry specifically, where they make a lot of you know they make short films or web series a lot, and then the second that they make something that is not in their like style, mm-hmm. they're like, "What happened to the old you? I miss the old films you used to make." And it's like that was a thing that I made because I wanted to, and now I did it, and I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. Yeah, it's like right. I'm yeah. allowed to grow, and yep. I'm sorry if my following has an issue with it. You almost feel like if, if you want to stretch to a different uh, style of work, not even a different skill set, you know, if you illustrate in a different way, you're like, do I have to start a whole new account for this? Right. Like, yeah. it's, yes. it's it'd be like if Bell's... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it'd, it'd be like if Bell's only did Two-Hearted. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. never did Oberon mm-hmm. or anything else. Or, or oh, or, yeah, which is what we are currently beer. drinking. And, <clears throat> By I mean, the way, Bells. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I've like, it seemed like over the last like six months or 12 months, like people are starting to be like, okay, I'm not just this one thing. Like, get used to it. And, and, but like all of like 2019, people are like, you have to... Be, this is why I'm following you. I'm following you because you only do ceramic coffee mugs. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, and that's fair. And I actually think, because I noticed this in myself, is that the pandemic kind of gave a moment to sit back and go, all right, well, what else can I do? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, Got to do something. Like, what else is going to be interesting yeah. to me? And I think yeah. a lot of people had that. And now a lot of people are coming to this new realization of, I actually do enjoy this thing that I tried doing. Right. And, and now I'm kind of want to do it a little bit yeah, more. Do it, do it a little bit. I yep. think that's one of the reasons why I don't talk about what I do. Cause it gives me the freedom to do whatever I want. Like when I started doing Frankie, like Frankie, I never, I never wanted Frankie to be Kenji presents Frankie. Like Frankie was a thing that, that I just wanted to exist on its own. And if you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, you didn't. But there's, there's really nothing about it other than me actually drawing the comic book and writing it and all that stuff. It, it's not supposed to say me. Uh, because it's, it's definitely, you know, different from what I would normally do or what I'm expected to do. Uh, which for the longest time was black comics. Like Witch Doctor is a black comic. So it, it means that's what I do. Um, but like we're saying, that's, that's not all that I do. Yeah, I totally relate. Like, for example, like I was at the dentist the other week. Great cleaning, by the way. Perfect teeth. <laughs> really got in there. A plus plus. All right. Um, but you know, the, they were like, "What do you do? What do you do? What do you do for a living?" I have never had a good answer. Yeah. I go. Yeah. I am a small business owner. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. most of the time I say I'm in marketing, which is half of what I do. Sometimes I say I'm an entrepreneur, but then they expect like you've made millions and millions of dollars. Like yep. I've never had a good answer. I've heard that that, uh, that question is what people ask you when they need to decide how much they're going to respect you. Mm. Ooh, I don't like that at all. But it's I, not good. I, I feel that because if I say a photographer, mm-hmm. people think, oh, that's cute. That's a hobby. Right. Like you probably make no money and you work in a grocery store also. Yep. But if I say that I am, you know, the co-owner of a media agency, they react entirely differently. And it's like, the, it doesn't really matter. Like it's the same. I do the same thing. Either way. I read an interview a while ago uh, with Jenna Lyons, who was like the vice president of J. Crew um, a while ago. And she went to the doctor, and the doctor was like, So what do you do? And she's like, Oh, I I work for J. Crew. And he was like, (laughs) Oh, which store? Which store? And she's like, No, I'm. I'm like the I'm the vice president like, of J Crew, and he's like, like "Oh, good for you." Oh, that's cute. And she's like, "No, like I make like five million dollars a year." Right, right. <laughs> I, I like that. Like, no, no, no. I make money. Oh, you're the general manager oh. then. That's funny. And that's how I feel. Like, if I say I'm a small business owner, people are like, "Oh, yeah." Entrepreneur people are like, "Hmm, that's a little sketchy." Yeah. Marketer people are like, "Oh, what agency?" 
Ooh, how many Corvettes do you own? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like small business owner too. People often forget that the categorization of small business, there's small businesses that make like 10 million a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would actually say like micro business. Yeah. You're, you're right. Like you know, to qualify as a small business, I think you can earn, I, I could be really wrong, but yeah, people, I work for small businesses who make millions of dollars a year. And so, <laughs> so Nick, if somebody asked you what you do for a living, what is your go-to answer? Uh, so it's funny because when we, I first started, I used to say filmmaker, <sighs> and I'm sure, yeah, right. Like <laughs> you say filmmaker, and that has and they think you're living in your parents' exactly. basement, right? They have that that connotation of like, oh, good yeah. luck. <laughs> Like, what do you say, like cinematographer? I I don't even mention the media side of it, really. I right. just say small business owner. I say marketer. Sometimes I actually don't mm-hmm. even mention that I own the business because I feel like yep. when you're younger, there is this thing like, oh, you started a business? That's really, oh, how, how cute for you. Yeah. Like, there's actually, I, I almost, like when we first started, I almost wanted to talk to the strategy of on our business cards, not even listing owner, but just listing mm-hmm. photographer mm-hmm. and listing you know, video production, because then it has the semblance of that. There's a different owner and it's a bigger company. Right. So yeah. I never, not- I never list, I never mention our business name. It, it makes you seem a little smaller, actually. Well, well it's, it, I don't know. It's really hard when you have a business called damn something. It's like, <laughs> like you're like face to face with someone. You're like, no, uh, I didn't name it like after myself. Yeah. Like, I don't have this, like all me. Like, they just start looking at you like, <laughs> no, and like, oh, really? This guy came in. I mean, I'd uh, say handsome, but damn, handsome. Damn. He's okay. Like, <laughs> I'd say fairly handsome. I, I actually feel I think like he's more like a, you know, an LA eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like Which a Midwest. Which is like a Kalamazoo 12. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> But I don't know when when people ask me what I feel like I don't have that question happen very often. So I so with people I don't know, you know, I feel like when it's being asked, it's more they already know what I kind of do, but they don't know what I do in the company. Right. You know. Yeah. But I don't know what I I honestly don't know what I'd say because I I feel like every answer I would find a way to talk myself out of wanting to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. my I hate to say this because it sounds really gross, but my answer totally changes depending on who's asking it. Right. Because I don't want to try and oversell it either. I'm not the person that's you know. Some like, what do you do? And it's like I want to impress you a lot. Right. It's like no, I need I, your business. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like I'm probably just I'm like yeah, it's a small team and this is what yeah. I do. And if I want to end the conversation, I feel like I say I'm in marketing. Mm. If I want to like continue it, I say oh you know I'm. An entrepreneur, or I'm a small business owner. Mm-hmm. Because if you say you're in marketing, that ends it right there. Right. Like, oh, Nobody cool. That's like, no, yeah. no. They're, they're like, don't know what that is. Yeah. Don't care. It's like, I understand things happen with numbers. Done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm controlling you right now. Uh, well, that anyway, was, that was the. We're, we're, we're not even talking about. I know. Kenji. We're just talking about marketing. We're, we're, we're just talking about marketing. I'm just happy to be here. It's <laughs> a good time. We're it's a good time. Just There's like out. three more of those sodas in the refrigerator. I was going to ask you, did you, you went and got these? I did. I did. From Rocket Foods? Yes. I almost cracked one up. I thought that was a beer. It looks so much <laughs> like a why. beer. <laughs> That's why. So, yeah, this is my favorite brand because of the bottle. Ooh. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's normal soda. It's just black cherry. <laughs> okay. It's not anything that spectacular. No offense. <laughs> no, now I, now I need to ask both of you, because I, I figure you're maybe a little bit like Nick and I, um, do labels affect what you buy? Definitely. Like for me, yeah. Um, I won't buy something just because of the label. I feel like there are a lot of people who are really into design and packaging that do. Um. I'll like look more into the brand because of the packaging or the label, but I actually buy very little and I'm very brand loyal. So I, oh, I don't know. You have your go-tos and you stick to them. I do. Like, and they're not like these, I see all the, all the, you know, popping up on Instagram, like new deodorant, new, you know, mm-hmm, toothpaste, mm-hmm, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't buy any of that stuff. That's a great way to live your life, and I am not that way at all. Like, I love seeing it, yeah. and I, I appreciate it, but it takes a lot to get me to buy. I, I think I'm at the stage of my life where... You need an intervention? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's why we're all here. But, <laughs> but no, I... I even to the stage of like, does this sparkling water look cuter in my refrigerator? Like that's to the level that I appreciate good design. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yep. 
like if you if you become happier and you maybe spend 10 cents more on it because they invested in really nice design and you just have like that little that little bit of appreciation every time you look at it i, I think it's worth it it's, it's interesting jared because i feel like we're polar opposites because uh, not in the online stuff, not in the online stuff, because I like, I don't trust a lot of, if I get like an ad for a random deodorant company I've never heard of, I kind of am like, there's a 50, 50 chance this doesn't exist actually. And this is a drop shipping. Oh yeah. 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 Oh my oh. word. Yeah. You're uh, in the hot seat now. Now Nicholas. I am. Now I'm just getting roasted. <laughs> but, it's not in your eyes. I thought it was worth the sacrifice. I, I'm just going to be like, thank you. I am King Grip now. Yeah. But I know I'm the person that like, I don't have many brands that I'm so loyal to. I only buy their stuff. Because mm-hmm. I like. Mm. Nick's not even loyal to Elemental. It's true. Mm. <laughs> so I, I enjoy like. He outsources his photography. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If he needs a headshot, he goes to. <laughs> yeah. You go to Rhino? Yeah, she discovers who I end up I just choosing. I'm very offended every day. Whole different team doing yeah. <laughs> But it's, I specifically think of like, like consumables, like food, alcohol, that type of stuff. I, by the label thing, I'll be like in the wine aisle and I'll look at like a row of wines I've never seen and I'm like, this label's cool, I'm gonna try mm-hmm. this. It's probably gonna mm-hmm. be garbage, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I know that. I think consumables are different. Okay. I guess. Um, because I'm in such the, the like wellness and beauty space. I see a lot of bullshit that's out there. And you know that, <laughs> I, well, I, I know that, or anyone in that space knows that like, 95% of all of it is the same. The same mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so I'm not going to buy a new like face serum because of the packaging. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's um, fair. And clothing is kind of the same way like Ooh, that's a big I one. don't need a shirt that doesn't that's you can keep untucked and it looks perfect. No, like <laughs> I don't need that. Like I'll go to J Crew or I'll go to Ralph Lauren or something like that. That's fine. Uh, well, then maybe we are maybe I was wrong because I <laughs> these, we're the same Nick, Nick. is yeah, very loyal to like I wear like H&M, H&M. only and it's, and it's mostly because uh, if we've gone to Europe or uh, when he was stuck in Turkey for a day like you know that you're gonna find your size and it's gonna fit the same mm, mm-hmm. and there you go I, I got mm-hmm. very small legs okay. and, and there's only a specific pair of pants that makes them look decent everyone's gonna be checking our social media but like no Nick has very it's like spaghetti legs yeah but we still wait love small them. like short or skinny no like chicken legs skinny. Like, like I, <laughs> I've got like the smallest and weakest ankles. Like, okay. and this is a true, this is true because. So we need to see this, this gr- center of gravity test. It's bad for me. <laughs> my lower body is like 10% of my weight. <laughs> but there's a real thing for this because I was. This Kenji, is, what kind of character could you <laughs> I mean, you're, you're spelling it out for me, right? So. It would be like two just like pencil lines. Yeah. Right, big head, big legs. <laughs> People know this about me usually. Well, I didn't know that until now that you're saying right. it. Right. Now yeah, now we can't. Now you can like observe and you're like that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. How are you not falling over? I usually do. That's true actually. No, do you really? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of falling over. Oh, like boy. no so this is like the whole, there's a reason I don't just like neglect my legs. <laughs> <laughs> but I I was born with clubbed feet. Oh my god! What? Yeah, okay. so that's like when your feet, your leg is comes out of the side of it instead of the, so like if this is your foot, right? Okay, right. this is foot. podcast, right? So they can't see this, but you can look it up. Well, are we gonna include so, this? Yeah. Oh Jesus! So don't, so, don't stop this. So this basically, the way I was true born life was my leg came out of like the side of Kenji's it. Kenji's only paying attention because he draws horror. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, and keep in mind, we Body started talking about this thing. on package, right? <laughs> Exactly. Well, it's because of the pants. This is fit. relevant somehow. Oh, okay. So, so you know, like instead of it being like foot leg, it's foot leg coming out of the side is how I was born. Jarrett can't see it. It's like so. This is the <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, I can so, see. I'm looking at so your legs they, it, because it was shaped like a golf club. Basically, that's how oh. I, my, my leg to foot was shaped like a, but like a golf. But on that okay. note, Nick is really good at golf. I'm good there at golf. Maybe it was so, maybe it was a birth thing. Essentially, when I was born, literally the way they described it is they just had to like break my feet Yikes. into place. Oh, Breaking and, baby feet. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then they just shoved pins oh, in to keep it in oh, place. Geez. Was oh, this doctor named Adolf? <laughs> what was his name? Roar? 
That's you terrible. wouldn't know. Pretty close. Why are you <laughs> 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 like that, you know, like, The other doctor Esther. in the room. Yeah, because like, yeah, I was clearly there. But we all know each other. <laughs> whole story was that because of this, they were like, so by the way, your calves are always going to be small. Don't worry about it. Because my flexion, literally, you know, people people can like point their toes. I can't point my toes at all. Oh, I wow. can go very little. So like you talk about doing like, I can't do them to the point of most people. So. Okay. Anyway, anyway, small legs, you got to cover them up. Well, here we are. Um, <laughs> likely, likely yeah. <laughs> so about packaging. Yeah. <laughs> Packaging's cool. This is, this is why I try to sit in while Nick, while Nick edits the podcast, because then I'm like, hey, hey, so Nick, everything about the club yeah, feet, I think we could take that off. <laughs> no, it was really alarming, though. Um, so, Kenji, I was actually just going to bring up, like, what's next for you, and I know that you are starting a podcast. Something you like have that. started one. Okay. Um, I'm going to warn you. Mm-hmm. You are going to find out absolutely every filler word you use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It will drive you crazy. You'll hate yourself. Losing it last podcast. Okay, because here's the thing: the last podcast we did was on our business, which I was very I've Nick and to I. It. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was very self conscious about that. I'm like <laughs> terrified. I'm going to say something wrong. Right. And apparently. I dropped the word realistically every other word. Go ahead and re-listen to it. <laughs> oh, if you didn't so bad. I've, I've, so he- I've heard you're realistic. And, okay. Yep. And so okay. what do, happened do you, with So do you that? know all our filler words? I know all of them. <laughs> well, what's my filler word? Yours is like. Nick has like, but I'm, you are I was okay, like, so. okay, you, so. you started almost every single sentence with, okay, so. But okay. I started every mm-hmm. sentence so. with realistically. It was, But it was to the point that we recorded it, I think, a month and a half before we released it. Yeah. And the, the week after we recorded it, she I realized it I was doing it. So I had fixed it for weeks. And then this podcast it's, came out. And, and realistically, I, it comes it back, came back to me. So it that's was the thing. so bad. She says it. She literally... Three times in a sentence would say realistically. <laughs> I would start it. I'd be like, so realistically, you can't realistically. And it was, I don't even and know. I where say that okay, came so from. like I have to set something up. <laughs> yeah, like I'm setting up what I'm gonna say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's crazy. I, wow. I have. It's so bad because I have changed my speech pattern because of listening. You're listening Definitely, to yourself. podcast because, will do that to you. Because I said like every other word. Mm-hmm. I just. Mm-hmm. And then I, I replaced realistically with, to be honest. <laughs> so and then I, I think, had to take that oh, one out. Oh, did you do it? Did you do it? <laughs> I think I'm saying that to keep everyone on track. Is why. Sure, Jared, sure, sure. You won't be able See, to unhear it now, As soon as you know. As soon as you know, you hear it every time. Yeah, that's so, fine. Uh, what's, your, what's your podcast going to be? My, look, my podcast is just an excuse for me to do this like to just sit in a room with somebody and yeah, talk dude. with them. That's why we do um, this. <laughs> I have no goals for this. I have no expectations. I just feel like we're we're really losing track of one another. We're not connecting. We're not talking. Um, and and is to to bring it back to you know doing creative stuff and you know making films and that sort of thing. So. I said before, I had a friend, Lena, who came back into town, and, and Lena was somebody, another cast member from The Frankie Show. And I haven't seen Lena for about four or five years. Um, but we're trying to do another show. And I got to a point where I was like, we've only had communications through text. And that's not how you make a TV show. Like, mm-hmm. we need to do wardrobe, and we need to do run-throughs, and we need to, you know, uh, do table reads, and we need to do all this sort of stuff that we used to do in person. And now we're doing this thing where we pretend like we don't have to do anything in person anymore. And then we just march off and, you know, build some TV show. I definitely noticed that both on our side and on client side, it was it was kind of universal over the year of 2020. People started letting process go a little bit yep. because you felt like, well, we can't meet in person. So that's a step we can skip. Mm-hmm. And since we've started trying to implement I guess more of a virtual process, which sounds gross, but mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> Those are both buzzwords. Um, but virtual that's kind is of a buzzword these days. Virtual, it sure is, dude. Straight up. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, I hate that. As long as it's authentic. Authentic virtual process. I think I may throw up. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's to the point that uh, you're kind of starting to incorporate some of that again. If people aren't yet at the point where they feel safe, that's not to say you can just skip entire steps. Right. I, I think that's a really important realization for you. I think it's it's good to keep in mind that the product was really good before all this happened because mm-hmm. you went through all of the work to make it happen. And that's not just going to be magic 
magically amazing right. if you don't put the work in now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I listen to the podcast just because you have a great voice. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. That's, that's what I'm working with. So, Kenji, what's next? What's next for you? Um, what's next? What's now? I have a, so I have a show up now at the uh, Kalamazoo Arts Council, Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Uh, I just did a Kickstarter for Witch Doctor. That went over really well. What is so, Witch Doctor? Uh, elevator pitch. A Witch Doctor is the original independent black horror comic. It was the first independent black horror comic ever. I feel like we um, should have talked about that. It's okay. <laughs> so Witch Doctor gets really, really dark. And it, it, there's no way for me to talk about it without, you know, bringing everything down. Uh, which is going to be, you know, fun for a, an art show in the middle of a pandemic. Um, <laughs> but they asked me to do it. I put the art up and it's there. Luckily, so we're not doing like an in-person opening, but the gallery is open from like nine to five weekdays. And wait, wait, when does that start, Kenji? What, uh, f- well, I mean, it's open now. It's it, open now. Oh, technically, okay. the start would be Friday because it cool. was supposed to be Art Hop. But Friday, which date? Just because this March be- 5th. March 5th. Through yep. March, through April. Through April. Sick. Whatever the first, yeah, first Friday of April. Awesome. But I've heard that they're extending it beyond April, but I don't know. Don't quote me on that. So just go there to be very sad but moved? Go there, and and so the thing is now that it's not going to be like a full opening, that you'll probably have a chance to kind of just take in the stuff on your own, which is probably better. Um because even though I, you know, it's a comic book and I, I dress it up and make it all action packed and, you know, crazy looking. Um, these are, I mean, it, it's some dark stuff. It's about death and lots of death <laughs> and hurricanes and things that really did happen. And, you know, the way that it impacted me was, you know, I used art to kind of vent those things and, and not feel them anymore. But there they are on the wall. Um, for everybody to look at. And do you, do you have like a um, Instagram handle that people can? I think on my or? Instagram handle is Kenji TV. I think that's true. Is that true? <laughs> it might be Kenji underscore TV. Oh. But it might be I Kenji I think that's TV. right because I see it pop up all the time. All right. It sounds crazy to it. me that somebody would have taken Kenji TV away from you and that, that you I would have, need the underscore. That you would have to put in an underscore. But. I'm pretty sure I'm the only Kenji with two J's. I actually know eight other Kenjis in the Midwest. We what? all know each other, and we've connected. The Council of Kenjis. The Council of Kenjis. Kenji underscore TV. Is that it? Oh. Correct. All right. <laughs> so you did need an underscore. I did need an underscore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Turns out all of them also do TV. Yep. Yep. They all do TV. I'm the best, though. Can I get <laughs> my <laughs> face on this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Wherever you, I, I can do that for you. I would See? <laughs> See? Art. That is awesome. There's lots of awesome stuff in there. Um, I treat Instagram like a stepchild sometimes, but I should I should probably be better. Who is that? Yeah. Oh yes. We told you there was me there sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's good because Kenji does it not because I'm in it. I cannot emphasize that enough. Best. No. She's the best. Mm -mm. You look like a just from this still clip. You look like a park ranger in a Wes Anderson film. Okay. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. But I am a military doctor. Yes, she's a military doctor. All business. So. Business and sometimes, you know, decapitation. Oh. I don't, whoa. Oh, that's not what I thought. Grody. Well, no, business. <laughs> <laughs> this is in Midland. Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, how is pleasure more grody than decapitation? <laughs> that is the world we live in, isn't it? <laughs> Kenji, thank you so much for being Thank you for having me, you guys. On our podcast. Thank you for having me. It was, was a great time. fairly entertaining. I wasn't nervous at all. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs>